When we gather, two or three are gathered in his name is where he is. So that person doesn't have any choice. That person, again, you don't know where, you don't know when, you know it's coming. And God is going to bring that opportunity for the invitation, and then they will have the choice. But you have influence wherever you go, whether it be at the bus, whether it be Walmart, no matter where you go, because he's inside of you, the same power of the Holy Ghost, he has influence to change atmospheres. Amen? Hallelujah. So are you ready, Miss Kathy? Good morning. It's, uh, the question is, the, is the Holy Spirit ready? i got to come back to earth here. i got to come back to earth here. Listen, I am so excited. And I was, I've, been ex, I've been very stirred by the words that have been coming. And, and starting with uh, Brother, Sean, uh, Brother uh, John and Sean and Brother Steve, it's just stirred my heart more. He only skimmed the surface of the story of Joseph. I have so much. I'm of the house of Joseph. Uh, God told me that one day. I said, what tribe do I belong to? I, I want to know. Uh, I was pretty young. I was in my 30s, and I was receiving a lot of persecution. Would you turn this up just a tad? Yeah, and uh, then I don't have to be quite as loud. Thank you. Um, I was receiving a lot of persecution for being a woman preacher and minister of the gospel uh, in those days, and it was tough, you know. No respect, <laughs> persecution. Somebody tell Pastor Lonnie to sit his wife down and tell her to be quiet. Women don't speak in church. This kind of thing. She's a little loud and crazy, and all of that coming. And I was, I had been waiting in God, and I had set time aside. It was a season in my life. I mean, I had four kids still in school, and I had a little four-year-old running around. And every, and I told God I would set aside an hour for him besides devotional where I just waited on the Lord. And that meant I wasn't really telling him anything. I wasn't praying. I wasn't asking him anything. I was waiting on him. I was waiting for him to speak. But I, in my prayer times before that, I'd been crying out. I'd say, God, why, ha why didn't you put this, why didn't you get somebody else to say these things or be crazy like I am? Uh, and loud and kind of obnoxious at times, you know, because if there's a devil in front of me, I'm going to take it down. I'm, I'm not going to play with that thing and, and invite it in for dinner. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm going to cast it out. And um, I'm like, there's plenty of men. Why me? And so I wasn't like complaining, but I was just like, come and explain it to me. Tell me, and I'd really been seeking him, and I wanted to know what tribe I was part of. I'd been studying the 12 tribes of, of Jacob, and I knew that there were certain anointings. And that, you know, come on, we all come from Adam. Every one of us are related, anyway, in the bloodline. And I just wanted to know what are these. I knew that by studying the tribes, there were certain blessings that had been given to each one, anointings, giftings, and I wanted to know. And I'd been seeking him for quite a while. And one day I was, I just chose this back guest room in my house because I have a bed and breakfast for those of you out there who might not know me today. And I thought, well, I'm going in that room. It's in the corner. Hopefully nobody's going to find me in there. 
people storming my house looking for me during the day, and I was just laying on the bed. And I was laying on the bed, and I was just waiting on him, and I was just saying, I love you, Lord. Oh. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord manifested in the room. It was about noon when I went in there. And he blasted in the room. And he filled my being, my mind, the room. And he said, you are one of Joseph's daughters. And I have taught you to climb the wall. And you have climbed the wall, daughter. And you will climb, and this is your portion, and this is your inheritance. You will have a double portion. He then went on. He flooded me with anything, many, many other things that he told me about why this had happened. We heard last week what happened to Joseph. No wonder I was having all these trials and tribulations. No wonder I was suffering all this rejection. No wonder people were to totally ready to, th wanting to throw me in the pit. They were digging it actively and gathering volunteers to come and help them dig it. I mean, do you know? And God came in. That day was so profound. I was shaking and the bed was shaking under the power of the Spirit of God. And I never, I didn't even, I lost track of human time. And when Lana came home, he got home from work about 3, 3.30. He's going all through the house, and somehow he'd been looking, hollering for me, but I just barely, I was coming in back to earth. And I kind of heard him in like a far distance way. He's saying, Kathy, and then when he's getting, Kathleen! You know, when he uses my full name, he's like, Kathleen, he's starting to get worried. Where is she? I can't find her anything. And then he finally, I said, I'm back here. And he goes, are you sick? Are you, are you okay? Like, he never found me in this room. What are you doing here? And I said, and, and then as he walked in, his voice, he was started to ask all the questions, but he slowed down because the presence of God, the still, the liquid anointing from heaven was still in that spot. And then, uh, you know, I guess I'd been crying. I don't know what I'd been doing. Uh, but I told him what happened. And I said, okay, I'm okay now to be a woman called into ministry. I'm one of Joseph's daughters. I knew that day that Joseph, because I'd studied Joseph, Joseph is a prime example of the overcomers that God speaks about in the book of Revelation. Okay? They overcame by what? The blood of the Lamb. They, came, they overcame by the word of the testimony. And they overcame by not loving their life unto death. What I'm saying is they were willing to give it up. Not my will, but his be done. 
I began to understand my purpose, and I know that each of you or some of you have experienced times or seasons like that. But I was stirred because God had been speaking to me in these past two months. He says, I have called forth the tabernacle of David, and I have brought restoration in the realms of worship and anointing. But he says, I'm going to increase in anointing on the house of David, and there will be new songs, and there will be new sounds of worship. In fact, they will be new songs blended into one song when they all come into one accord in my presence. And there shall be workings and healings and miracles that will be released as my people come to the altar and worship me in this hour under my anointing. But I'm telling you, my daughter, daughter of Joseph, that the house of Joseph is arising in this hour and they're coming into their moment. And they're coming out of the pit. And they're coming out of the prisons. And they're coming out of captivity. And they're coming into their moment where the double portion of my spirit is going to flow in the land. And it will flow in my sons and daughters in the house of Ephraim and Manasseh. For that is the double portion anointing that I have set upon them now. And I set it upon them with the fire of my spirit and the eternal flame of my presence. And it shall go forth in the earth. And they shall wear the coat of many colors, said the Lord. For I have ordained the fire. My fire is the coat of many colors that will be upon them. They shall be burning ones for my heart. They shall have passion in my heart. They shall not know the ways of of coldness, but they shall be hot for me. Amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We got the Holy Spirit here today. The house of Joseph is arising. And when you arise from the house of Joseph, you have lots of understandings. If you didn't, if that story, if that preaching last week didn't send you to read that story again, you need to go back. You need to read it. You need to see what had been wrought. He came through so many afflictions, and he came through so many trials, and he came through so many rejections and heartbreaks, and he came through so many lies about what he'd done and what he hadn't done. And all he did was want to serve God no matter what. And he wasn't, you don't hear anywhere where he was complaining. All we hear in, about when the, when the, when the Hebrews left, Egypt was complain, complain, complain. Wine and cheese, wine and cheese, wine and cheese. That's what they were doing the whole time. But I'm here to tell you, if Joseph had any complaints, he kept it to himself. He only had one thing left, and that was the rock. That was the rock that he'd seen out there while he shepherded the sheep. Amen? He had one thing left, and that was that relationship. It was the one who gave him the dream to dream and dream and dream big. And God was about to fashion his heart. David had a heart after God. Wow. I don't know. What's writ- what was written on Joseph's box of bones. But I'm telling you, he had a heart after God. And he never let go. So I just want to tell you, the prophetic anointing is coming. 
because he was prophetic. He had anointings. The house of Joseph, those anointings that are coming upon you now, the prophetic understanding of dreams, dreams themselves, having hope renewed, having hope restored. There's an anointing that whatever God sets your sets you on your course of life and your plan and purpose that he has for you, you're going to be doing it with a, a spirit of excellence that only the best will do. You're not worried about doing something halfway. Amen? Something to get, oh, let's just do it to get by. We can get by with this. We can get, oh, yeah, well, we'll just do it this way and we get by. It's easier. That isn't, that isn't the heart of a Joseph people. It's excellence for his majesty. It is excellence for the master. It is if I'm going to plant a crop, I expect the biggest crop and harvest when I take the time to plant my seeds. I intend to get the biggest grapes, the best grapes, the sweetest grapes for whatever purpose. If I've got a palm tree in my yard, it's going to bear lots of dates, the big ones. Amen? If I've got a fig tree, it's going to bear figs. That's the mentality of the Joseph people. There will, we will prosper in the midst of overcoming. We will prosper and abound in the midst of the trials or the famines of the land. The house of Joseph is going to arise, and the house of Joseph will have an answer. In the midst of calamity, look what happened in the land. They were dying. They were starving to death. There was a drought. There was going to be a famine for seven years after three years of it. You know, we think we've got it bad right now. If you haven't been to the grocery store, look at the prices. Look at the price of anything. I went to buy a watermelon. I'm having a gathering this weekend. Last year it was $5.99 for, a, for a, a, a watermelon. And by the way, have any of you noticed how we used to get these big watermelons? They came from Texas. They had the stripes on them. Man, they were good. They were sweet. And now we've got every year they get smaller. You know, we get getting down to like almost, I mean, when they start charging me 10 bucks for a baseball-sized watermelon, I went in there, and they're all small, and it was $9.99. Inflation has come upon the earth, and we might as well blame it on COVID because everybody else is blaming everything on COVID. But whatever it is, the supply, demand, whatever has happened, inflation has hit in a very big way. And right now, they even in America and the world, they're talking droughts and they're talking a shortage of food. And I don't want you, wherever you are listening to this or even here, that you're going to run down and start hoarding because God will give you enough. God will meet your need. Don't, don't be fearful. But this is what's happening. And that's what happened in Joseph's day. They were starving. They were desperate. Do you think the Hebrews would have, when, when Jacob said, go to Egypt, you know why they had grain? Do you know where they came up with it? They had it in the granaries. They had huge granaries. And they had them, they were only for the priests <laughs> of, of various idol worship 
demonic worship. These were for other idols. This is what the grain was in there for. The people were not allowed to eat it. And that's how much they had put. And not just because of the dream. There was even extra because of of Joseph uh, knowing what was coming, uh, interpreting the dream that there was going to be a great famine. They were three years into it. Listen, nobody wanted to go into Egypt and ask them for anything, not especially not anybody that believed in the one God, the great I am. But they were desperate, and they knew they were going to starve to death, and there would be none left if he didn't send the sons and hope to bring back some food. Wow, what a story. It's as epic as Moses. It's amazing, his life story. And if you are an Ephraimite or you're in the house of Joseph by, by the spirit even, um, or a, a, with the tribe of Manasseh, I'm telling you, we are coming in to a time of fullness in the midst of famine. There are places looking and people looking for a word from the Lord. Amen? So I'm not preaching anything I planned on. I'm not going to my notes. None. None of this has come from my notes. I keep looking here and going, where are we going? Are we going to get to this? Maybe. But these are just my thoughts. These are the ponderings of my heart. If you're that kind of a, if you're an overcomer, this is how you're thinking. There's no way you're going to give up. There's no way you're going to stop. There's, you're going to trust the Lord with all your heart, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in. You've been going down there with your son and believing, and it's seemed delayed, and there's been miracles and steps all the way where God has revealed it to you. I, I, I know that some of you are in trials and tribulations, and you're like, how did we get here? I just started serving the Lord, and now I've got this calamity coming. Oh, yeah, there's some circles that tell you that if you just work your faith just right, you're never going to want for anything. Nothing's ever going to go wrong for you. Well, that isn't what the Bible says. Just just look at, the, look at our precious Joseph. And David, too. David's an overcomer. Oh, I love those stories. They will build your faith that nothing is impossible with God. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to wait on the Lord. If he's not answering today, he, 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 let's reason with him. Let's get somebody else to pray with us and believe. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to surrender to God's will. And we're not just going to do it idly and mope around or go through the desert around for 40 years on the same scenario. Oh, God, I've been waiting for God to speak to me. No, we're going to do it with faith faith action. And we're going to take faith actions now. And we're going to serve. I love the thing about Joseph. He was a servant. He had a servant's heart. He served. He served. He served. He served in the middle of injustice. He served in the prison. He was looking for somebody or something to serve his whole life. 
from the minute that he was sold, an amazing man of God. You know, another thing that overcomers do, I know that I have, it's Psalm 23. We usually hear it at funerals. And sometimes we think about this when we're going through a calamity and you feel like death is at your door and you might have death staring you in your door. You might have been uh, going through a physical affliction that's cancer or something like this that has afflicted saints of God and you're like, I don't believe in this. I never believed in this. I, I believe in healing. I, that's what I'm about. These are the giftings in me. Why am I going through this? We don't understand these things at first. Psalm 23, in the heart of the overcomer, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to remember that scripture, though I walk through it. It doesn't mean I'm going to succumb there and be buried next to a stream somewhere under a big oak tree. No, though I walk through the valley, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for the Lord my God is with me. I understand that in my gut. I understand that. If my soul starts to whine or my flesh starts to tell me how weak it is and how sick and tired of going through this is, like, how long do I have to wait? How long is this going to take? Because the flesh and the soul will sometimes gang up on your spirit man and try to lie to it and tell you that God's not going to come through this time. But I'm here to tell you that God comes through, Terry, every time. He has never forsaken you. He has never let you down. He will not, no matter how bad it gets. And the other scripture that is the life scripture for an overcomer. It's Romans 8, 28. Oh, man, it's daily bread. It's daily bread. It's daily bread. Romans 8, 28. Shall we read it? I think I left my Bible over here. Romans 8, 28. I, I pretty much know it. Any of you know it by heart? All things... Hallelujah, i got some overcomers in this room. All things work together for good. All things. Somebody said some things. No, no, no. All things, all things, all things, all things, all things work together for good. All things. All, brother. Thank you. Hallelujah. we got to write this time. All things work together for good. To, to those who love God. Do you love God? That's, that's an overcomer. Overcomers love God. And everything you're going through, every trial, every affliction, every health issue, every family issue, every work issue, every spiritual issue, every rejection issue, I don't care what the issue is. It will work together. What's it going to work together with? Well, let's find out. It's the plan of God. It says it will work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, purpose, if you've got a purpose, you've got a plan. 
And if God has a purpose for you, he's got a plan for you. And it will work in that way. It will work together with that. Do not lose heart. Remind yourself of that. This is the plan of God. This is written in a book somewhere in the libraries of heaven, the plan. And God said, yep, and this is the chapter, and they're just still walking through the valley of the shadow of death. They're still walking through. They're walking with me. They're still trusting me. They're taking a step. They're not balled up somewhere. No. They're believing for it. They're believing for it. They're waiting for it. You know, today you get these little vim videos on Facebook or somebody, and, and it might be a little slow in the beginning, so under it has a caption, wait for it. Wait for it. It's worth waiting. Don't, don't, don't click it off now. Wait for it. Wait for it. And that's how I feel we are. We've, we've got to wait for it sometimes. You've got to, everybody say, wait for it. Don't give up. We've got to wait for it. Wait for the moment. Because every one of these stories is going to have a deliverance ending. Every one of these stories is going to have a breakthrough ending. You may go through it. It could, uh, death may touch your family. I don't, I don't know. But as you move through it, as you go through it, there will be a breakthrough moment for you. Amen? So Romans 8.28 is your daily bread. It's a great loaf. It's always hot and fresh if you wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Mama, when's that dinner going to be ready? Wait for it. Just wait. Wait a little longer. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. You know, uh, sometimes I was recently, how, how this got stirred in my spirit is uh, I was waiting for, uh, I was praying for someone who's really been going through it lately. And, you know, uh, I had prayed some scriptures, and one of them is, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And the Lord said, uh, I want you to do a little study on that because this isn't in my notes, okay? <laughs> so, so we're not preaching the word that I planned on. You're going to get that maybe another time. But he had told me, I want you to go there. I want you to pick that apart. And I want to pick that apart for you. Because sometimes we pray things we don't even know what we're praying. You see, in the old days, uh, when that scripture was given, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in a second. But in the, uh, the olden days, every city had a gate. There was a gateway into the city. And what happened at the gates was the elders would be there. There were judges. A lot of business happened at the gates uh, right there as you went to that area. Um, even if you lived within the city, you'd know that the elders or the judges or somebody would be down there at the gates, and you could come and present a problem. There was lots of chatter going on down there at the gates. And so when Jesus said that, he was using this analogy because they understood what happened. There were discussions, you know, problems were solved. Plans were thought of, you know. Uh, but if we take that to the gates of hell, what would be going on there? That's what I want you to think of. What would be going on at the gates of hell? Demonic? Yeah, moaning. Demonic schemes, demons, uh, you know, executions. Come on down there. Go over to Kathy's house. 
uh, go, you know, stab some tires, uh, create division. Uh, yeah, let's work on racism here. Yeah, let's get that thing going. Let's twist that up. You see, those are the things that happen at the gates of hell. No justice happens. And then we, you know, people are entering in there and they're screaming, I don't want to go in that place. Once they get there, you know, some people are like, yeah, it's going to be a big party. Guess what? Not, not, not. No big parties like you think you're having here on earth are going on in hell. No. And uh, you can protest all you want, but there's a place you definitely don't want to enter in. So God, Jesus knows all the schemings that are going on by Satan himself and the small demons and the hordes of demons and the leader demons uh, executing his plans. And so against who? The saints of God, the people of God. And it's not even all just the people of God. Satan executes plans against all of humanity. I guess all of humanity. Uh, he definitely doesn't want them getting saved ahead of time, you know. <laughs> and so all this is going out. And so when Jesus said this, he, it was in Matthew 16. Uh, you can go there. And Matthew 18, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Now, that's just that particular scripture. But what happened when Jesus said that? He had been talking to Peter. And uh, and uh, he was asking him, you know, who do you say I am? What what do you believe? What do you believe? So I'm asking you this morning. What do you say about Jesus? A lot of people have a lot to say about him. Just go to the gates of hell. <laughs> uh, you know, and we hear that coming out. And we hear his name blasphemed all the time. But Peter said, you're the Christ, I'm paraphrasing here. He's saying, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the living God, you're the Son of God. You are the coming one right here in flesh, and we know, we recognize you as Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. And Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to build my church on this rock. Now, he called him Rock. He gave him Petros, his name. He called him a rock, but it wasn't just on just his lifestyle because Peter, up until that point, had been just about like the rest of the disciples. They all believed that he was Jesus and Christ, the Messiah, but it was on the rock of revelation that he is God. He is God incarnate. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And I'm telling you, when it comes to it, every overcomer believes that without wavering. When the devil tries to come and say, there's no God, this point, you know, just go have some fun. It's a lie. They know it's a lie. Right? Nobody's going to change your mind. They can pull your fingernails out. They can cut off your toes and your fingers, poke you in the eye. But you are not going to confess something different. And you see, this is the rock of revelation that must come to every man, woman, or child. You can't enter the kingdom of God without it. 
It has to be that revelation that comes from heaven. You were asking a question earlier. Someone was asking if we have three or four people against this one person. Well, against, not, not against them, but, you know, trying to witness to them about Jesus being the Son of God and that God exists. You know, is that going to, have I got enough people here to convince that one? I'll tell you, it's got to come by the Spirit of God because it's God that hardens the hearts of men and it's God that softens the heart. And only God knows when he's going to have that moment in time when this happens. It is our duty and our job to serve him and spread the gospel and to witness and tell our story about how we were saved. That's all we can do and pray and leave it to God in his hands. Amen? But this is what comes. And then he said, okay, and I'm going to build my church on this rock of revelation. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But he doesn't stop there. He says, whatever I'm going to, then he goes on and he says, and I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. That's you. We don't want to stop at just the gates of hell. If you're in a thing, I want to I want to I want to learn and discipline my prayers to say and the gates of hell will not prevail against you because you are the church. Do you understand it? You are the church. You are the living stone. You are the temple of God. You are the church that he's building. He's building it in you. And he's giving you the keys of the kingdom. He's giving you the keys of the kingdom. He's got the keys to death. And he's giving you life. And we've got to take these keys. How many know how important keys are? You do when you can't find your car keys, don't you? you uh, they're pretty darn important when you can't unlock your door. And you've got to figure out how. Uh, this winter, we, were, we didn't have our keys, and we, knew we were going to our camp, and we didn't have our, it was winter, I mean piles of snow like this high, you know, like it, up to here on me. And Lonnie's in the car, there'd been a nice storm, there was glare ice, it looked like a mirror on the drive, and Lonnie said, well, there's this key down there under the stairway, it's down there, and it's the key to the back door down below that's on the other side of this mound that's about six feet wide. And he says, I'm going to go to it. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't go. And I've been having some problem with my phone. I don't remember. I don't remember all the details of the story, but somehow he had my phone with him. So, oh, no, my phone wasn't working. It died. That's what happened. It literally, ex it didn't explode, but it literally died. It was done. It never came back to life. I got a new one instead. But Lonnie goes over there, and I'm like, I don't, he's got his phone with him. And I'm watching, and I'm, I'm watching where he parked the car. He had the car keys with him, too. Listen, he had the keys, but he didn't have the right key. Come on. I want you to think about the keys of heaven and the keys of the kingdom. You've got to have the right key to do the job that you need to do. And you, got, you can't lose those keys. You've got to find out what those keys go to, and then you've got to use them. Because when you don't have them, you might wind up like Lonnie. The next thing I see, I'm in the car, and I see he goes to climb up. 
he's going to climb up this five foot, I'm five six, this five foot wall of snow, and he goes and I see his first, he slips and it just thrusts him because he's going with power. He's, he's going to make this, and he flips over and all I see are his legs. He's down head first because that part of the ground slopes down. He's head first. I'm up here. There's no way I'm going to be able to walk from the car the only, and get to him. And I'm literally thinking, I have no phone to call someone to come and help us. And did he hit his head on the post there? There's big rock there. Did he knock himself out? These are trials and tribulations we go through. I know Lonnie's loving me telling this story. I tell, he says, don't tell anybody. Don't tell the kids what happened to us today. The next thing I know, finally, there was a little wiggle on a foot, and he kind of slid, but it just seemed to take forever and ever and ever. He did. He cut himself up bad. He bruised his ribs. He hurt his. He had gashes and everything else on him. Meanwhile, while I was waiting to say, what if he doesn't come up, or God only knows, what, am I, what is in this car that I can go up and bash a window in? Or if I can break down one of the doors to get to him and go down the stairs and try to help him? Right? And I'm crying out for the Lord to help. But we got the key. He got the key and he opened the door. Don't misplace your keys. Make sure you keep those keys of the kingdom with you at all times. Keep them close to your heart so that you know where they are. Ask God for a double set. If he said we're walking in a double portion anointing, let's get a double set of keys. Say hallelujah. He said the gates of hell, I'm going to build my church on this rock of revelation and the gates of hell will not prevail. All the schemes of the devil and every attack or every assailing or every trial that he comes up with to afflict you in your life. No, it's not going to prevail. And he said I'm going to give them the keys to the kingdom and then on top of that, everything they bind on earth. Everything they bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Everything they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everything. Whatever. It says whatever. So whatever is whatever. Whatever you bind and whatever you lose. So if I bind the enemy and he's acting up and I say, I bind you in Jesus' name, God's like, oh, she's binding. She's got the keys to the kingdom. She's got binding keys. She's got loosing keys. Amen? It shall be done. It will be done. <laughs> Where am I at? Oh, we're getting to it. Well, I'm going to save the second part, I guess, of my story for another time. Because I want to tell you there's plenty more people in the Bible that understood this. What I want to say is don't waste your afflictions. Don't waste them on complaining. Don't. 
you've, when you're going through trials, you've got to remember. You've got to remember. You've got to remember what God did in the last trial that you went through. You've got to remember how he came through for you. If you don't know, if you can't remember, write it in a journal. You know, I've got journals at my house. I was telling somebody recently, I don't know, it might have been you. I don't know who. I was telling them about these journals. I've got to have some time to go through my journals because some of them read like a Stephen King novel. I'm serious. And when I was in these dark places, before I understood and had been trained by my afflictions and more trials, I went into, I, I allowed myself to go into these deep, dark places. I got sucked into some black holes. They don't know what's in black holes, but I know. Some of that dark stuff. And they were bad. And I thought, if I die and my kids get a hold and say, oh, let's take mom's novels, uh, journals, I'll take these four or ten, and you take ten, and, and then we'll just switch them around. We'll get to read all the things that mom wrote about. Yeah, I'm really dreaming like my kids are going to read those novels. But I thought if they did, perchance, uh, they would think, oh, my gosh, she was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, they would never know because I always tried to operate by faith from another place. They might not have known what I was going through. But I'll tell you what, I got through it. And I learned how to go through it. And I learned how not to get down that slippery thought process. I learned how to take every thought captive. I learned how to replace the demonic gates of hell stories that were being breathed from the fire of hell into my ear. And I began to set my heart on the stories that were brought to you last week of Joseph and the stories of David and Goliath and the triumphs of God. And I began to read the New Testament, and I go, okay, it's trial time. I'm going to go to the masters of deliverance and how they walk through these things. So in the future, I do want to talk to you. If you have studied the life of Paul the Apostle, he was a man of afflictions. If he was preaching here today, and or he was preaching at a church that believed that, you know, once you know Jesus, life is perfect. You know, uh, he'd be telling them about it. So I'm excited. I have another word now that I've prepared for a later time because <laughs> I didn't preach that word today. I think I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Today was prophetic. Things are arising. I just want to encourage you to press in to your giftings, your callings your plan, your purpose. And if you are in the middle of a trial, it is producing something that you could never get another way. Amen? I, I, the things that I received during my trials and afflictions, I could never have received any other way. It would have just been like a principle or a theory until I experienced it. So I pray for all of you 
who are in the midst of trials and afflictions, counted as all joy in the Lord. Because that's where you'll find the joy, is in the Lord. I pray and I release this word to be sealed to your spirit and be, be stirring in you. We are overcomers by the blood, by the word of our testimony, and by not loving our lives unto death. So I bless you all. I love you all. I encourage you for this week that God will speak to you, that he'll come to you, some of you, in dreams, and he will minister to you. Yes, I'm not going to forget John. John has a little something. We uh, had a... Uh, so I just want to say to our viewers, we love you, we bless you, we support you. Thank you for for being part of our fellowship here this morning. And we pray for you all. Every morning, Pastor Lonnie is so faithful. He's You guys are increasing in number, and he's just having to get up earlier because he prays for every one of you individually. He doesn't have a list and lay, lay his hand on it and say, oh, pray for these people. He prays for each one of you, and he brings each one of you before the Father every morning. And we bless you. We bless you, Karen. We bless you, brothers and sisters out there in California. And we're standing with you that God is going to open California up, and the churches are going to come back and be open. That's the cry. Let the fire of God come on that place. Amen.